What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 71 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Big shouts to everyone listening to Combo's Court across the globe. Combo Nation, we are out here. Today's show, Open Run Podcast own, Stefan Marilachakis joins in. We discuss KD's unfortunate injury, the Warriors' perseverance, some New York Knicks thoughts, plus so much more. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Make sure you go subscribe to Combo's Court and Open Run Podcast on your Apple Podcast app. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. You got the coffee going. I just had some as well, man. I didn't know you were a coffee guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just feeling like, well, my instinct was to say I'm excited because I'm really excited to talk. But um, it really distressing. Like, we didn't we didn't book this recording knowing it would coincide with, you know, in the wake of, like, the worst NBA finals injury in history. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We thought it actually might be a final wrap up. And now it actually became a little more time sensitive, this conversation. Yes, yeah, suddenly. Look at us. Timely guys. <laughs> Stefan Marilachakis. I got that right, right? I appreciate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> tell, I, us, I, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, about uh, Open Run Podcast, how that was created, because I'm really interested in that. I created a podcast, and I kind of want to know how that all came together. Um, all right. So, yes. So, as as our man just said, my name is Stefan Marilachakis. I just wanted to say it again, because I can't believe you said it right. Come on, um, man. This is combos, Corp. We get things right, man. <laughs> so, honored. <laughs> Um, speechless. We so so, yeah. I host this basketball podcast called Open Run. It started as a project with a friend of mine, where an old friend of mine is a guy by the name of Jesse Williams, who's an actor. He's an activist. He's a basketball fan. He's um, overall wonderful man. And we had been, you know, we'd met doing odd jobs in New York, and had always been doing some writing projects together. Basically, one of the friends who is your co-conspirator and you're always looking for ways to collab on stuff. Right. And we um, at a certain point, he lands one gig and then another acting gig. He goes to L.A. to pursue it full throttle. And we're on the phone all the time talking basketball. So it just became intuitive. I was like, we should probably do this because this is the thought got into my head like 10 years ago almost because I was in a band that was always on tour. Really? And what was the name of the band? So I was in a band called Caveman. Okay. And um, yeah, we went kind of almost everywhere. And um, 
that involves a lot of driving around and you can get as much as I obsessively listen to music, you can get ear fatigue at a certain point where you just are kind of recorded out. Right. And so we started listening to, you know, spoken things, not so much audiobooks, but we started getting into podcasts. And then that's where my love for podcasts was born in like, you know, late aughts, early tens. And um, then it seemed like this intuitive thing, like, why don't we combine these things. Also, at the time when I was in Caveman, I started doing a column for ESPN called Caveman with a Van, okay. where I was uh, interviewing. Um, so I'm just still laughing that that's the name we went with. Uh, where I was, in, <laughs> I was interviewing other musicians who were really into sports or athletes who were really into music. So, like, I was talking about Spurs and Sixers hoops with like Dave Hartley, who plays in a band. One of my good friends plays in a band called The War on Drugs. Or then I would talk to like you know. Matt Bonner about shows, you know, a show he threw at South by Southwest, things of that nature. And it's like, so, that's so, the overlap. That, that's so interesting because uh, on my podcast, I often have people in the hip hop industry. You know, I like DJ Kool on here and Hollow Donna Battle Rapper. And like, I want, I want to discuss basketball, but I also want to discuss music as well. So it's interesting that you took that route. And I kind of think I'm taking a similar route. Well, dude, yeah. And the thing is, what I really dug was. I mean, because you know how it is. I feel like often people in one field lionize people in the other. Right. Um, and it's something where true, it, very it, was, true. It, it was just really cool to – don't get me wrong. I was not being uh, lionized by anybody. But I mean the, <laughs> the field of music is often something that athletes will aspire to or vice versa. And it was cool to see overlaps like non-basketball. I once interviewed this guy, Ben Bridwell, who sings in a band called Band of Horses, and he happened to be close friends with a guy, Jeff Samarja, who was pitching for the Cubs at the time. Okay. And each of them were talking about different things about their daily experience that were similar. Traveling all the time, you know, like how yeah. to navigate being away from home, bringing totems from home that remind them while they're on the road. It was just interesting things about, you know, High pressure, high stakes. You have to perform in front of a big audience. Yeah. You're always away. Anyway, yeah. So a lot of similarities. You know, it's funny. I just I just recorded a podcast with, with with a battle rapper, and I found out he plays a lot more basketball than I do. He told me he played eight times a week. So you what? never know. Yeah, he said he plays eight times a week. I, mean, I actually haven't put that episode out yet, and I will. It's like, yo, he, he finds time to play this much basketball. It's like you never know who's playing the sport. You know, it's crazy. That is insane. Yeah. yeah. I have pivoted in my as an as a as a uh, as a very quickly becoming an old man. I've pivoted so much more to spectator. Like my big thing, I was actually thinking about this today. I my my game if I join a pickup game is so old man. It is the vibe that I and I'm sure you used to joke about, where it's like, wow, who's that angry guy who's just standing under the bucket throwing elbows the whole time? Like. I'm veering towards that. <laughs> and it's not by design. Well, it's a little bit by design. It's like you play the hand you're dealt. So now I'm, there's not as much nimble. <laughs> I'm right. not so nimble, but, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm Charlie Hustle. <laughs> I'm, bringing, I'm bringing the elbow grease, and I'm really working on my rebound game and, you know, occasionally driving to the hoop. But, you know, it's a lot of workman stuff. But I was thinking about it today because my most regular activity now, and it happened because I got married and I wanted to, like, be fit as a fiddle i picked up running last year nice and that's gone with me but this is my segue into kd speak if you don't mind go ahead um which is because i thought of you this morning i was going for this run and i knew we were going to talk i was thinking about the fact that the other day i was out in california and i went for a run i was there for a different wedding and um i went for a run and for a second it was on a trail i don't normally do that and my ankle bent a tiny bit 
and it was no right. big deal. I went for a run. <laughs> I'm not even a competitive person. And like, I still wanted to make sure that I finished the run, that I went running the next day. You know, like it reminded me that when I think about KD's mindset and you wonder why he played, and I've been so angry about why did he play? Not in terms of blaming the franchise, the Warriors, I mean, but in terms of what pressures internal or external was he succumbing to? Was it just fervor to play? Did he feel like he needed to show that he's this gallant teammate? Was he compromising the long term for the short term? But then I realized me, a not very competitive guy, was so competitive with myself over like the dumbest little thing that I was willing to, you know, like you realize day to day you're willing to risk like that is a no stakes thing for me that I like finish my run alone. <laughs> yeah. And you realize that if you're an actual competitor at a really high level, let alone all the external factors, that guy must just be tortured inside that he can't get on the court. So anyway, I just thought it was funny that I was like, when I talk to Combo, when I'm on Combo's court later, I'm going to be like thinking about how hard that fire must be burning for him and, and, and what it's like to I, – I just wonder, do you think that he was – pressuring any people around him do you think that there were any voices calming him down and i i'm just basically i'm just all twisted up about how this unfolded how it could have been avoided should it have been avoided yeah i think you know you're right when you have that kind of obsession or competitiveness i think everybody at the highest levels have some kind of obsession with the with their craft you know and you just really want to go out there and play on and on top of that he felt the pressure, man. He, he knew that the narrative, I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in his head. I didn't talk to KD. But I think he felt that the narrative would have been that he let his team down. He didn't try and go out there. And when he went down, I actually, this just dawned on me right now. He didn't even look surprised. Uh, you know what? I know. You're right. It, that's really upsetting. Yeah. Like, like he knew there was a, he, like there was a dice roll and he knew he was making it. I mean, the thing for me, I can't stop thinking about like the, the prevalent issue of our modern time, which is iPhone addiction. Oh and my I, God. And, and I, I, I've I, talked about right. this on the podcast before. It's crazy. And I do think I can't help looking at this situation through the prism of that. I can't help thinking this is a guy who, you know, he's in the comment section when he, he gets injured and it just means even more phone time even more screen time. You see him interacting with pundits. You see him interacting with random fans or trolls, depending on how you see him. And like, I, you can't help thinking like this idea of the, yeah, the quote unquote narrative, how much did it push him to make an emotional decision? And by the way, in the same way that you haven't spoken to Kevin Durant, I am not a doctor. And there is a fleet of doctors who apparently cleared him. And I do not think of the warriors as like a sloppy kind of, you know, fly by the seat of their pants franchise. And I don't buy the narrative that since they knew, speaking of narratives, that since they knew he wasn't coming back, they figured, oh, whatever, let's just, let's just kill him. <laughs> that, yeah. that seems insane to me. But I don't know. I, I want more of your thoughts on this. Yeah, t- teams, you know, it's known that they try and get you to play. I never played for the Warriors. I never played for the greatest basketball franchise out right now. But I did play professionally in Israel, and, and I did hurt my thumb once. And, and I oh, remember yes. I wanted to ask you how you're how seeing this injury, how your playing days, you know, informed it. So yeah. anyway, thank you. Yeah. No. So I, I hurt my thumb real bad. Like it was like hanging off, you know, and I'm like, I can't play like my thumb is hanging off. I can't play. And they're like and then all of a sudden I go back to practice and the coach comes to me. He's like, I think we're going to have you see a psychiatrist. I'm like, what? My thumb, my thumb. Like it has nothing to do with my mental. Like I'm telling you, my thumb is messed up. We want you to play next game. We want you to see a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist actually, you know, he got my mindset in a place where I actually wanted to play. You know, he 
he told me one thing he told me was that um look everybody knows you're hurt so if if you don't play well everybody knows you're hurt and if you do play well oh my god he played well with, with no thumb so i went out there i played it actually went pretty well it went pretty well i played pretty well but this is what happens in sports you know? so it's a he convinced you it was a win-win so basically they did yeah. exactly what my greatest fear would be which is instead of getting you to somebody who would make you admit that you maybe weren't that you maybe were in the position to make your situation worse physically. They brought you to somebody who could help you convince yourself (laughs) that it was fine to play. I mean, look, this reminds me, well, hang on. I think, I think you had more thinking there. I keep the coffee's making me interrupt you a lot. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) Go, go ahead with it. Go ahead. uh, You know, as native New Yorkers, I think we're often trained to, uh, or conditioned or we're smart enough to trust other native New Yorkers a lot. And um, uh, I was listening this morning to, a uh, native New Yorker in Max Kellerman, and he had a line that I did appreciate. Now, I just do want to say, I haven't been, uh, last few weeks during the playoffs, I have not been regularly releasing podcasts. I have not been ingesting all that much stuff. I feel like for me as a Knicks fan, in the run-up to free agency, I I almost am terrified to be participating or even taking in too much. It's all too stressful for me. And... I also, in general, get worried about there's so much white noise, you basically don't know where to turn. So I've been taking like a little contemplative walk in the woods. But after this, but I've, been, I've basically been relegating myself to just monitoring what's happening between the lines on the court. Occasional side info, but mainly just watching the games, and I'm going to process it later. But this should happen last night. Pardon my French. All good. Uh, and... I, this morning I was like, I need to process this more. I need to just sit and like luxuriate in as many takes as possible. And so I did what I haven't been doing, which was I just left the TV on all morning and then I'm listening to shows, whatever. To rewind, Kellerman said he was using boxing as an analogy. And there are times when the corner man has thrown in the towel because their fighter might die. Now, philosophically speaking, Maybe it is on a champion fighter. This is his point. I'm just reiterating because I was moved by it. Maybe it's on them to make that decision. But he said one line that I wanted to bring up today, which is he said, it is incumbent upon your corner man to save you from yourself sometimes. And so that's the thing that one would hope could happen. Like in your situation, yes, it was a thumb. Yeah. It could have been, you know, maybe that's not career altering. Right. But you could have really damaged yourself. Yeah. And that's the instinct that you maybe want people to embrace. Yeah. And in hindsight, it, it does look bad on the Warriors, no matter how you spin it. You know, it's it just – and another thing I learned about playing overseas is that all that matters is the result a lot of the times. You know, they don't care if you play well. I mean, I mean you got to play well or you go home, you know, and it's the same thing with this. Like when we look back in hindsight, the result was KD hurt his Achilles real bad. And it, I don't think it looks too well on the Warriors. <sighs> I know. And then how are you feeling about Bob Myers post game? By the way, were you feeling that were you feeling the pain or were you a little bit like why did I don't know. Where were you? I was feeling the pain. I was feeling the so pain. So was I, I. I think I think I think he 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 felt terrible. He felt terrible and he knows that it, just like like I just said in hindsight it's going to look bad on him and I think he feels that pressure and he knows I I think they're going to do right by him and offer him a max. I think they have no other choice. I just wonder what he does now. I feel like this does invariably change what happens. And here's my I, take. Here's my okay, take go, real go, quick. Go. Yeah. I think in high, like also this is looking in hindsight as well. LeBron should have took this year off 
And that's super looking in hindsight. It sounds crazy. You know, Michael Jordan did it. I think it would have been better for him just to take a year off and then go back to – and then go to the Lakers or wherever he wanted to go. And I think KD should just disappear for a little while, as crazy as that sounds. Just step away from everything, take your paycheck, rehab, work out on your own, and come back stronger than ever. That's what I would do if I was KD. But KD obviously knows what he's doing, and he'll do what he does, you know. Well, I mean, listen, Michael went and played baseball. Maybe yeah. KD can pick up bridge or something. <laughs> I mean, I think that, like, what, what interests me is that right now – so, invariably, within the few hours, we're thinking about the near future. Because in the moment, it's just like, this is devastating. This is one of the – Super best, sad. Yes, this is one of the top living players. People are arguing maybe the top active player. Um, I really still can't believe that happened. It's, like, crazy. It's like a no, blur. No, no. It's dev- it's yeah, it's devastating. And 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 he's angling to be one of the best of all time. Definitely. This doesn't just throw this throws his entire legacy and his career. Legacy is too much storyline. Let's just say functionally, his career is right. now completely severely altered. Right. There's no real track record of someone coming back. We had to watch that in real time. And by the way, that it was so obvious on the first replay, and I'm not at all savvy with this stuff. But you see business going on on the yes. back of his leg, and you, you know something's up. And, and then you, you have to marinate in that for a while. You wake up the next day, and inevitably, especially as I'm, you know, I don't even want to be, but I am reluctantly having the selfish, self indulgent Knicks fan feelings. How does this impact me, obsessive fan? Right. And it's interesting to wonder if there's any team that historically will throw money to throw money, it's the Knicks. So and there are teams that will definitely just be looking at the dollars and it makes sense. Even if he sits a year, even if he's not the KD he was, you know, we're already 99% sold out. This will take us to 100 or you know what I mean? It, it will bring in the revenue we need yeah. to justify the expense, even if you're not thinking on a human level or on an on the court level. So in terms of the way the Knicks do this, I mean, apparently, you know, some reporters are saying they're talking to front office execs who are saying without a without a without skipping a beat, they would offer him the max now. Um, right. I think, I think as a Knicks fan, I think this is an opportunity for the Knicks to take a deep breath and realize they may be forced to rebuild in the, if not more traditional, just the long-term way. With, I that, mean, with R.J. Not, Barrett? <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the answer, but I think that... I, <laughs> I like R.J., I, think, I like R.J. No, I do too. I'm just laughing yeah. because we went from like... KD, Zion, Kyrie, Kemba, AD, Kawhi, you know, and then he's, well, look, we all know really Mitchell Robinson, the young king, will be leading us, but we'll return to him. <laughs> but uh, I think that they will, I mean, if not RJ himself, RJ as symbolic of you, you know, you work the draft, you try to acquire, you know, good value players, right? You get good players at good value. You don't just assume that you'll get these pie in the sky options to all fall in your lap at once. I just feel like it's such a lotto ticket mentality that we've been playing for the last 20 years. And maybe this is the, uh, you know, ultimate sober up moment. Yeah. Um, who do you feel has the edge in the series now? Wait, say that again. Sorry, I just who, cut out. Who do you feel has the edge in the series now after all this? I have to think that I, I refuse to think that the Warriors just suddenly will win out. There's a there's a there's a fairy tale thing for them right. where they where they get to make all the three one jokes now and they get to delete all the old three one jokes and you know but I just they're so I think that they used that 
that oomph they got from we're going to do it, you know, get one for the Gipper kind of vibe, that happened last night. That was insane. That was an incredible game after that tragic event. That was tragic, and then Kawhi went off, which would close out 99% of teams the way he played down the stretch. Man, okay, so, by the way, someone who actually had a professional career, what did you think of the timeout with three minutes left? Like, what? See, that's another hindsight thing. It just... He felt his players were uh, needed a breath, you know, and it just looked bad because it gave actually uh, the Warriors a rest and they came out gunning. Now, if I was the coach, I probably would not take of taking that time out. I would have won with the flow. Basketball. Uh, that's game what of, I mean. Basketball that... is a game of momentum, you know, because you believe in the power of momentum and you've actually yeah. been in the rhythm of a game. Right. And, and it's not like Nick Nurse is some rookie. He's been in the league for – I mean, he's been coaching professionally for, what, decades? Yeah, um, he was overseas. Yeah, he, he really – actually, he really built his way. To, he really made a career for himself in an right, interesting so it's not, way. Yeah, yeah, so it's not some overnight success thing where he's yeah. like a novice. Yeah. But, yeah, it's too bad. It makes sense. He justified it in a way that made sense. I will say I was getting texts from friends. Jesse, you know, other friends texting me like, what, why the timeout? Like and like being so yeah. offended, like it was like it was a uh, it was a an offense to the basketball gods yeah. to interrupt what was happening. But I will say I do think that we talk about narratives, we talk about flow, we talk about pressure, we talk about all these things. Well, flow is an anomaly. Flow is part of playing. Flow is part of life, right? But the external yeah. things like storylines and pressure. Right. I think that basically all humans are susceptible to that, except for Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so I think. That there's a good chance they go and they just finish it in six. I was, and then, go yeah, ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, and then if they come back for seven, Kawhi will be like, you know, it's another game. I, I am, I, I am interested to see how K- Kawhi reacts to being a world champion. If he just walks <laughs> off, if he just walks off the court like nothing happened. So that means you do think they'll close it out. I don't know, man. Um, well, so before the series, actually, I was on somebody else's podcast, um, and I actually said that. If KD was playing, I thought the Warriors win in five. And without KD, um, I thought it Warriors in seven. So, they, so maybe I should stick with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it is etched in stone in theory because you said it before the series. Right, right. I made no, you know, I wasn't bold enough to say anything out loud. I was, I was too busy just having my walk about stroking my chin in the forest there. Yeah, just you thinking, know, some, some thinking my, about basketball. <laughs> some of my listeners, you know, because I actually predicted the whole Luka Doncic thing, which, which wasn't that. It wasn't that crazy of a prediction. Like he was a young uh, player, and uh, he was 19 years old, just almost dominating Euroleague. And I and I just told everybody, this guy's gonna be the best player in the draft. So now people hit me up like, you don't have any hard takes anymore. Like you're so. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, combo. Let me say this. Let me say this. Modern culture, and this is why I've also taken a, a little bit of a breather from various output and input. Right. The modern content uh, wheel is all about everybody has a mic in front of them turned on at all times. So you need to say something because the mic is on. Right. Uh, speak just to lean into old man stuff, like I like joking about. Just prior to, you know. The, the 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 way the this this current state this current iteration of like the technology in the digital age right it was something where if you needed to say something by the way or record something musically whatever both literally and metaphorically you needed to go track down a microphone you needed to want to say it so bad that you had to get a mic right in fact it reminds me of by the way the best mitch hedberg joke or one of the best where he talks about when he's on tour doing stand-up and he's laying in bed at night and a joke comes to mind he says well I have to then get up and go across the room 
find the pen of course and write it and write it down or i have to convince myself it's not funny enough <laughs> yeah and i just feel like you know i just commend you for it you're making the takes when you have them and when you know they're solid yeah there's nothing wrong with that all killer no filler yeah yeah, that I mean, I think it's important when uh, we're talking sports. I mean, everybody could look back in hindsight and be a, um, what do they call it, a Monday morning quarterback? I think that's the uh-huh, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, you look backwards and you know, and I try and I try and debunk like false narratives, like like the one like, and I said this a million times on my podcast, like everybody's like, Giannis is the best player in the league. He's great, but no, he's not the best player in the league. There's like four or five guys better than him. And it kind of it, it kind of proved itself in the playoffs, and I was telling people that um, with Mitchell and Tatum, it was the same thing. Like, and I don't want to be the guy to say they're not good. It's just that we're, we're there's like this overhype thing where like we just we follow this narrative like it's the next LeBron and uh, Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. It's it, they're really good players, but we 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 kind of get ahead of ourselves like when we're in the moment. Like, and just the other day, there were you know the Warriors were losing and I heard like podcasters saying that Steve Kerr wasn't doing a g- good job. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, instantly. Well, yeah, come on. Come on. That's, Every- not, that's not what's happening. They don't have Dude. KD. Everybody's hurt. No, that's not what's happening. <laughs> it is human nature for everyone to want the moment they're in to be the most moving, momentous, exciting, and meaningful one that's ever happened. Yeah. Everything is the first time. Everything's the craziest time. Everything's the last time. The right. truth is we're seeing, we are seeing, there, there are things that are bursting in incredible ways, and there are pivotal things oh, bursting. Now I'm thinking of the injury. There right. are things that are blo- blooming, let's say. Like, I do think that we're seeing something crazy happening with Kawhi. I think there's yeah. some stuff solidifying yeah. there. I think it is incredible to see the Splash Brothers last night and see that, oh, man, like they will splash no matter what you try to do. <laughs> like This crazy. They're ridiculous. Is, yeah, they're, it's really stirring stuff as much as – I'm historically, you know, because of my rampant Knicks fandom and sad sack kind of losing culture I have over here, I like am angered by the Warriors. But I will say I feel like the Warriors um, by no means are the Warriors better without KD or have they ever been. There are points. During no this, way. No way the, they're better. The only comment I'll make is there are points during this run where it feels like that is their more natural state, at least as pertains to the overall betterment of the league i don't want to take some big moralistic stance anymore about kd for going but it is validating the quality of these finals is validating in terms of wow these finals were competitive because this unbelievable guy right wasn't on the warriors he came yeah. back last night and he's unbelievable it's clear there's no way they're gonna lose right. kd's on the floor now i wish i wish this is not how it would have turned out though it right. feels like – so does everybody. It feels like he should have uh, – I'm just being – talking about Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> if, he, if he comes back and they win, everybody's excited. But, like, it felt like the way things were going, KD was going to move to another team. The Warriors would continue to be a dominant force, but not in a way where it's like they're sweeping the finals. You can turn the TV off now. But in terms of they will be dominant in the West, but maybe they can finally have some competition. He'll go to a team. Boy, Clay Thompson himself in the postgame says Kevin Durant is such a talent. He could go to the 30th team in the league, 30th best team in the, in the league, and, and bring them to the playoffs. Nobody which, said it better than that. I agree 100%. Right? And, and that's reality. And LeBron's the same way. And LeBron is another player who's the same way. And that's what separates KD and LeBron from a guy who's great like Steph and a guy who's great like James Harden, which I think Steph is better than James Harden. But guys like that, there's a, diff- there's a difference to me. 
Like, I think KD and LeBron separate themselves from everybody else. That's just my personal opinion. I wonder with – Steph lately has just been absolutely blowing my mind. Yeah, he's, and he's I, ridiculous. It's – to the – he has – so, okay, the thing with Kawhi is he's been reminding me of the – oh, man, the fear and inevitability you had when you were rooting against Michael Jordan. When right, you're right, right. For, when you're rooting for a team that plays Michael Jordan, it's like there's the tidal wave. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's going to crash on the beach, and it does. Like no. It is inevitable. I agree. Ka- Kawhi gives me that feeling, and I've noticed that Steph gives you that feeling. It's not in the same aggressive Terminator way, but he puts up circus shots, and you're like, oh, I, yep, that's in. You know, yeah. and, and someone even pointed out, by the way, in terms of him and his partner in crime, Clay put up a three last night, and Steph did the thing in the middle of a finals game where he walked away down the court like all good, like you know, calling that it was good. Yeah, instead, instead of staying that for is the definitely board. demoralizing to the other team. So his his threes dig real deep, you know. <laughs> it's just like they, they know what they're doing is inevitable. So I would just say Steph to me is flirting with that zone um, right. in terms of like the quaking in the boots that he can inspire. But I completely hear what you're saying, and I am really curious, like. To your, to your bringing up LeBron, I think that with every passing season, I'm more amazed at what LeBron has been and is able to accomplish. Um, right. And it's almost like people get so mad, and the only thing they compare, can compare him to is Michael Jordan or himself. Like, the, the, the way that he's been able to – I mean, he's not only is he he's, – he's changed the way we think about, I guess – for me, it's like how long can a player's prime really be? How long can a player be a viable option to carry a team essentially on his own? How long can a player go without a serious injury? Um, he's changed the thought of player empowerment and how they're supposed to uh, impact uh, both where they play and how they play and how the how the contracts are structured. Right. I mean, there were I heard someone talking today about um, how it's just always assumed one and ones, one and ones. Right, Kawhi, right. I heard that Kawhi, too. Right, Kawhi, I'll do a one-on-one. This will do a one-on-one, right? I, I, uh, and, and it's like, oh, um, it, it, the, the point that was made was, oh, we were all doing it because LeBron is setting the tone. But what, what was kind of implied or buried in there is like the big mistake people make is to imagine that LeBron is an example that can always be followed. LeBron just has certain abilities that, for whatever reason, cannot actually be matched. So people can't actually – you know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. really assume that you can mirror what he's doing. He sets great examples, but he also just like is so anomalous in every regard. So I'm curious to see how all that stuff in L.A. unfolds. I'm curious to see what happens there, what what the restructuring is, who they get to play with him, because now everything is up in the air. And I know A.D. is supposedly Knicks or Lakers. I I don't believe anything anymore. I don't think there's any like 99 percent of rumors are are just that. And, And so until you get like actual sourced info, I don't see how we can make any real predictions, but or unless, AD, unless, unless Woj tells you, then it's happening. Well, the, the, well then, then, then we have to believe it. But do you think AD, as much as I quote unquote, hate all the hypothesizing now, it's all yeah. I want to do. Where do you think KD, uh, AD ends up? I don't think, oh man. <laughs> See? Yeah. yeah I, it's, too, it's so tough. It's so tough. Does part of you want I to guess, say that he should stay in new Orleans? Because yeah, I, I, yeah, I would like to see him in Zion's day. And on top of that, I mean, the Lakers have some pieces, right? I, I wouldn't, you know. I just think that it would be really cool since New Orleans is like one of the, if not, you know, it, it's always in contention for being the great American city. 
I feel like Holiday, Zion, um, AD, right? There's, okay, now what are we doing? And can you attract people there? And I know it's a small market. I like the idea that Zion isn't freaked out by that. I just, it would be cool to see them together, man. Yeah. Maybe everybody should just stay. KD stay, Kawhi stay, AD stays. Kyrie should, I mean, Kyrie's out of there. That's, 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 that's pretty much 99 to 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't believe I'm already, like, eulogizing the, 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 the almost and never was KD Knicks era. I mean, yeah. I, 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 not, I don't think it's looking good for that right now. I mean, I think it's very like, like, okay, but not because the Knicks won't throw the money because he yeah. would, because he would feel tied to staying in Golden State now. You think? Yeah, I think he also has a security blanket in in, in uh with the Warriors with this entry. There's so much uncertainty, and then you go to the Knicks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I which is know. like Uncertainty Boulevard. I know <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, he already has uncertainty with he already has uncertainty with the uh, with the injury. So yeah, and and he does have this player option, which is interesting. He's a thirty-one and a half million player option with Golden State. Um, I just let's shift to the Knicks, though. Do you feel what do you feel about Kevin Knox's potential? Because everybody's so high on him, and now I'm hearing that people are there's a lot of people already off that bandwagon. Off, I'm completely, I mean, off, I'm, they're, I'm, off, they're off Kevin Knox. It seems I'm like. completely freaked out. If you look at the, uh, there was a rookie ranking. Gosh, was it? Was it? Was it? It was either PER or like win. Basically, there's a rookie ranking where Mitchell Robinson was the number one most efficient rookie, and and you went to the very very bottom, and it was Kevin Knox. It's crazy. And I forget what the metric was. I'm spacing now. Sorry, but it was if it wasn't plus minus, it was um, PER or something. Anyway. It's frustrating um, because with only one year, with only one year, you can. Uh, it it it's frustrating now to try to gauge like only one year in. Like, oh well, they could have taken Shea Gilgis Alexander because they needed a point, but they were like yeah. imagining Frank was going to work out, and maybe they still do. Does anybody I, think I will be Frank not will sure still work too out? Really, to weigh in on that, um, you know, I don't want to just like dismiss Knox because he had a rough year. Yeah. Do you, do, is anybody uh, still like? Are there still people that think Frank will turn out okay? I mean, fair question. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we, <laughs> me, me, and those three guys over there do. <laughs> um, and you know, we all went to high school together, and we're all crossing our fingers. <laughs> but um, I think there's hope. I don't think you need to force him at point though. It's like yeah. if you, I mean, I, I friends of mine are saying they should draft RJ and make him play point. And then you get him at point, and then I mean I know we'll Wait, see what happens who have, with Dennis who Smith. Point? Who that point? that try RJ Barrett at point. Well, I think you almost have to try RJ Barrett at point. I don't know if he could play off the ball, right? You know. So and then and then what is Dennis Smith? Off he needs ball? the ball too, but right, you could make a case that he could be like a, a straight scoring, like a spark. Right, he's going to start on that team, so so he wouldn't really fit. Like he doesn't fit a six man role in the Knicks. He's a definite starter, so you know what I mean. Yes, it's very confusing, but they will have yeah. another year. Look, if they don't get any of these big stars, they'll have another year of, you know, ring around the Rosie, see what happens with the rotation for like 70 games. And like, they will see, you know, I really don't, I actually am not even prepared to hypothesize what the rotations will be. I, right. I, I, I'm also curious if they feel compelled to spend all this money if they don't land 1A, 1B, or if they can, you know, just try to kick the can down the road as much as possible. I noticed that Bondi at the Daily News put out something today that seemed very – I mean, it's so funny. You're so used to just like Hot Take Express in New York, and I feel like mm-hmm. it's not the sexy option, but the idea of like just think about rebuilding through the draft. Think about focusing on the future. That is 
the most viable option now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, so, okay, we agree. It's obviously Zion. It's pretty obviously Morant. Yes. I don't, I don't think the Knicks will outthink themselves with number three. I think the only version of, I think the only way in which they make trades with that pick is, is AD, dra- right? Yeah, and it's draft yeah. night if they know that, because there was that flirtation with the Hawks, they would trade three for eight and 10 or something. I think they only do that if by after the seventh pick, two guys they want are still available and they know I'm assuming their want there is predicated on the Pelicans wanting them. It just feels like nothing will really work for the Knicks, to be honest. I gotta, you gotta, I, I feel like you gotta be, I, when I say you, I mean me, have to be, at, have to be at peace with that. And it's not, you know, you know, if I've learned anything in life as a Knicks fan, it is not about the destination and it's only kind of about the journey. It's unclear what it's about, but we, we have to focus on the journey because it's all we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and so, okay, so I'm thinking I'm deciding that the Raptors will win game six because the home teams are one and four in this series. So I feel like they go to the Oracle, you know, Kawhi is impervious to the hometown pressure and he He decides to and Lowry self-professed better road player. Okay, cool. Um, which makes sense given all the baggage in Toronto. So right. I think the whole team embodies Kawhi's attitude, which is often. really cool, which yeah. is very cool yeah. to see. I know that talk yeah. where after the game, they leave the court and everyone's just like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Next game. That's just natural. People look at the best player. It's, it's, it's a natural thing, you know, to embody that personality and, and it's really conducive to being consistent. But uh, yes, to your earlier point, though, I I am excited and I have wondered what it's going to be like if they do win, because that's when no one will embody his energy and he'll stay the same. Like, I think if they win, Kawhi will be like, "Okay, time to go, like do the crosswords and they'll all be losing their mind. And that time to get in my 1998 Tahoe or whatever car. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Wow. No offense to that. It's a a great car. No, it's a great. That's a great. It's awesome. It's minimalism. It's minimalism at its best. No, I'm laughing with. I'm laughing with. This is like, you know, I'm I'm picturing he gets home and he's got the thing where you open the drawer and it's just a hundred of the same sock, hundred of the same underwear. Right. The Ronald McDonald kind of closet. It'll all be uh, New Balance now, but yes, a bunch of New Balance socks because he gets those for free. Wow, I'm telling you, he, he's having me he, – he has me checking the New Balance website every once in a while. I haven't pulled the trigger, but he has me looking. <laughs> no, I, I would definitely rock a pair of Kawhis. Why, why not, man? I know. They're really doing the long lead with those. I'm wondering when they're going to unveil. I guess they released a shirt. I noticed on Instagram the other day they released a, a fun guy T-shirt that I don't know if it's still available, but that was pretty good. And well, now I'm – I hope they're not relying on Kawhi to uh, market this himself. (laughs) No, it's like meta marketing. The whole thing with Kawhi is like marketing, you know, addition by subtraction. Like we're marketing by not, you know, it's like very, very high level. Speaking of your psychiatrist earlier, it's very high level psychological stuff. Um, But yeah, so I now I'm just sitting on the precipice of these next couple games. I'm trying to quiet my instincts to do too much conjecture about, um, how things relate to the Knicks. Oh, let me tell you this, by the way. This is a sobering moment. Okay. I was walking out of my building to walk my dog the other day. I ran into somebody I know. And I think it was in the middle of the Raptors Sixers series. And I made some comment about um, Kawhi. It was before he hit that game winner. He was just playing great. And I was like, you know, there's a guy. I, I really wish the Knicks could land in free agency. And I noticed... 
first of all, this guy, not an expand, his face almost fell. And I was like, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, why am I introducing the Knicks into every conversation? The, <laughs> the, the, the postseason is happening. Kawhi Leonard is thriving. Why? Not only why I'm introducing this, but it hit me really hard in the gut. Like, why would Kawhi do that? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so sad. And, and I'll tell you this. I hope he does. I really hope he does. And yeah. I think he's smart enough to know that anywhere he goes will become instantly viable. And my dad remains convinced that, you know, there's still something to be said about playing, you know, in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, and the, and the lights, camera action of, of New York City. But man, when it came when it, when it came out you, of my mouth, I just I instantly felt shocked. <laughs> you know, all that stuff we used to hear about the world's most famous arena and everything. I feel with social media, everything is forgotten. Uh, do you mean in terms of every? No one has a memory anymore. Like like no like no. Yeah, because everything's happening so fast. You know, especially for like people who are twenty five and under or twenty and under. Like they're not thinking about the world's most famous arena. It's you know very what I mean? weird that like you know. People still show out at the garden. Like it's very, like it's yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm I mean, not, I'm not arguing in terms of. I think you have total merit there, and I do think that in addition yeah. to the short memory, I do think like everyone talks about the size of the market, but the market's just in your pocket now. The market's just mobile. Right. There is no like the game. You're not playing just for the fifteen thousand people who are sitting there. You're pl- and you're not just right. playing for the TV audience. You're playing for everyone with a phone. So it's like right. And I love the garden. I actually, actually, I know uh, your co-host is an actor. I actually made an acting debut in the garden. I was actually in Delivery Man on the Knicks, just to let you know that. Uh, fun excuse fact. me. Yeah, I was, I was, I was an extra. I actually got three, three seconds of screen time. <laughs> I will be investigating this. Yes, yes. I don't have the beard back then. You could catch me three wow. seconds into deliver uh, a three second cameo, if you will, in Delivery Man. Maybe I'll be an actor one day. Wow. I mean, what do you mean you already are? It sounds like. That's true. Good. That's true. I actually have two sag waivers. I have don't, one more to go. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> That's insane. Wow. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So look, you 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 have felt the magnetism and the electricity. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is ridiculous in there with the crowd. It is crazy. So I don't sure. know, but I, I I just I am wary of are the traditional draw not being the same thing. But the counterpoint to that, I will say, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this this morning. The traditional goalposts or mile markers for players seem to be changing in my mind. Um, it clearly isn't strictly about winning and winning now. Players now have a greater sense of storylines, of legacy, of on the court plus off the court. If things are just about winning, LeBron wouldn't go straight to L.A., meaning the Lakers. Uh, KD would not um, consider leaving the Warriors. Um, AD... Would not not to I know I keep throwing myself under the bus here, but like none of these teams would be considering the Knicks unless they knew behind the scenes that player X and Y were joining them. Right. There's this greater sense of how do I sculpt this interesting tale that hopefully gets more winning woven into it. I mean, I've said this. Pardon me if I'm repeating myself, but I've said this on our show. I feel like I've said it on others. But one thing that really moved me was when KD gave an interview sometime after winning that first ring with Golden State. And he said, point blank, I thought winning the ring would change everything. It didn't change anything. Yeah. And, and like, it's really interesting that the way that players try to sculpt their career arcs now 
it's basically directly mirrored to the confusion of how people try to figure out like what the meaning of life is basically like there is no they don't they don't seem to abide by the traditional metrics as often like most players Kawhi clearly does apparently even though he left a very winning culture seemingly in san antonio his whole thing is i don't do it for the fans i don't do it for the narrative i do it for winning but he's the anomaly it feels as though now there's a greater sense of how can i cobble together a, a, a careers a life's work that has that total meaning or something that that's life if you think your happiness is going to be attached to like some event or something that's not true happiness, in my opinion. You know, like if you think once I take that vacation, I'll be happy on that vacation and I'm looking forward to it three months from now. You know what I mean? That's not happiness. I don't think happiness could be attached to an event or a thing. I think it's really it sounds cliche, but it's really in the moment. And the hey, I'm the one who brought up the phrase the meaning of life. So I'm the cliche introducer here. But I, I will say, <laughs> like, you're on it. And I think that KD KD yeah. was basically put face to face with that. When he finally was like, you know what? I'm, I don't want to get close. I don't want to scratch the surface. I'm going to go all the way in. And then he found it and he's yeah. like, ooh, okay. So maybe that isn't exactly it. And I wonder what is it yeah. for him now? I mean, he's doing off the court stuff. Enjoying the game, which now he can for a year. Which it, is enjoying terrible. the game you know, is it. It's yeah. clearly it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing I'm not in love with is all this stuff people defiantly saying online. Like now all the haters, like you can see that he really cares. Like, are there really people who needed that proof? I'm worried that, that people love being blowhards online. Oh, this, that, like I was annoyed when he went to golden state. It didn't mean I think he was trash or thought he was a bad player or needed to prove anything to me. And and I just feel like if that in any way informed his decision to play, that would be a tragedy, like behind the tragedy, because I just, it's so human and relatable to know that this larger than life, epic, iconic human is susceptible to the same anxieties that like everyone else is. You'd like to think there would either be like a system of checks and balances or just, I don't know what, something in place that would help shield him more effectively than like the average person who's just hitting refresh on their phone all day long. But at the end of the day, I'm sure it's still in there because we've seen the proof of it. I just... To, to like, you know, bring a little optimism into it. I really hope that because he isn't like a bang in the post kind of player that he can find a way to come back and like remain effective. But there's no he'll find he'll find a way to come back and be effective. I have no doubt about that. Will he be the same? I don't know. I hope so. But yeah, know. of course, he'll be effective. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he's just so I'm just tiptoeing around the same. I just want him to be the same guy. And you you have no basis for saying he will be. And it's. It sucks. I was listening to Bill Simmons this morning. He's like, I just hope this is not him entering the next phase of his career. You know what I mean? I don't want to see that. And I don't think anybody else does. It's just sad. It's like, it's like I can't believe this happened. You know, it's still. And then it was like a blur when Kawhi went on that run and it seemed like it was over. And then they still won. Like, that's the true heart of a champion by the Warriors. It's just crazy. The whole thing was a blur and it was crazy. And I was just, I woke up in the morning like, did all this really just happen? I know. Like. Oh, yeah, and, and the series is still on? That's what I was thinking, too. Wait, this series like this is still, still going? going? Yeah, Wait, hang on. Did I see the team's president, like, like uh, almost crying on national TV and trying to, like, jump on this grenade? Like, what is happening here? The, the, all yeah. of it was so, so dramatic. And, yeah, I just feel like everyone I know who's an NBA fan is just basically freaked out. 
and do, doesn't know where to go from here because they're both the implications. It almost feels uncouth to start talking about the implications. Like that's why I'm making all these self-deprecating Knicks jokes. Like I don't like the idea of factoring in, well, who will he sign? You know, that's inevitable. The thing that is still being processed also is like, man, he is, he through a horrible twist of fate is robbed of being able to continue a run that he was on. And then by extension, all of us excited fans are robbed of the opportunity to watch him do that. And it's like this collective basketball deflation. And I agree. Everybody, I mean, I think most people really do want to see greatness, you know, we want to see it. And, yeah. And I, hopefully he gets back to where he was. Because either you're rooting for the, that greatness to, to, you know, for the outcome to be that that greatness triumphs, or that's the North Star against which you're measuring your, you know, the guys you root for, and that's the foe that you're so excited to root against. No matter what, that's the hub. That's he's the needed. hub around which everything happens. You're either rooting for him, you're rooting against him, whatever it is, he's the core yeah. of all of it. It's like, you know, Jordan made me so mad for my entire young my childhood and young adulthood. And I look back now and I just like marvel at everything. And I, I even then, you know, like I was the one in like section 412, like scre- screaming myself <laughs> hoarse on my birthday. He did the double nickel at the garden. I was there. No bro. way. Really? Yeah. I was like, I was like 12 years old with my dad. I, I was there with my dad. I was uh, my, it was my 15th birthday. All right, so you're a little bit older than me. I think I was either 10 that or 12. That is incredible. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they didn't give yeah. Ewing the continuation at the end, which was an outrage. And nobody cared because it was half tourists. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, 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 so what was crazy about that was we got the tickets not knowing Jordan would be playing way earlier in the year. I don't remember how we landed on them because I think – no, because they were easy to get because he wasn't oh, back yet. Oh, I think my dad yeah. pulled some switcheroo because I initially had tickets to go to a concert that night for my birthday with a okay. friend. And he was like, slow your roll. There are, we have new plans. So I've March 18th or March 28th, 28th, 28th. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was around. There, I only yeah. remember cause it was my birthday. Otherwise yeah, I just oh, would have been okay. guessing. <laughs> I knew it was March, but yeah, we, we got the tickets uh, pretty easily. Cause, cause uh, he wasn't supposed to be playing. He was, he was he, you know, he was 45. Yeah. He came midway so wait, in the season and we got the mar- First of all, that's incredible. Did you marvel at his, his, uh, at his playing or were you, were you horrified by? No, no. Oh yeah. No, I was a Bulls guy when I was a little kid. I was no way. Uh, yeah. I, I was a Jordan. I was a Jordan guy. You know, I'm, I'm a native, you know, I love New York. I'm a native New Yorker, New York till the end. But yeah, I was, a bull. I, I got in, man. I was How did guy. that happen? Yeah. It was Jordan. You know, I grew up watching Michael Jordan's playground over a hundred times straight. You know, one wore the Jordans. I, I was just Jordan was my guy. Jordan and Pistol Pete were my two oh, guys. Oh, Pistol growing up. Pete! I can get yeah, but that was before my time. No, but I can I, get I yeah. really delved into. All I can get all the way now. behind that. I mean, I think we have to basically <laughs> donate our brains to science and see what's different about our makeup that I was refusing to just go with the flow of the basketball river. And enjoy Michael Jordan, and you were able to tune into that. I had no, I had no ability yeah. to do that. It was all Knicks, 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 and they almost, almost did it. But man, anyway, that's a tough, tough. That's a glorious and tough era to look back on as a Knicks fan. A lot of close, but no cigar. <laughs> definitely, definitely. This this was great, man. This, where can we where can we find your work? Ah, from, huh? so thank you for asking. Well, I. Uh, Open Run can be found, you know, RIP iTunes. It used to be iTunes.com slash Open Run, but I have a feeling that now we should be saying 
You can go to applepodcasts.com slash open run. It's been like that for a yeah, while now, I f- No, I forget I about that. You do applepodcasts.com slash open run, or you can just follow us, Twitter, Instagram, at open run. Um, yeah, and then, you know, we have monthly meetings of everyone who can pronounce Marilla Chak is correctly down in Brooklyn Bridge Park. So far, it's just me, a combo, but we're inviting more people by the month, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. <laughs> we get things right on combo's court. We get things right, man. Mm. I do my homework. I, don't I know it? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, we have – lately, it's been a little sporadic, like I said, just because I've been whew, so nervous, but we also have um, – in the archives, some stuff they'll be bringing back around, but we have some of my favorite stuff like LeBron has been on, Chris Paul, Charles Oakley I talked to the morning after the year, oh, that whole incident at MSG. I saw Gilbert on. You did something with oh, Gilbert, Oh, yeah, right? that was fantastic. When Gilbert Arenas was on, yeah. we actually um, – that's cool. There's a clip online on YouTube of us talking to him about, um, you know, some notable, notable stories like the locker room uh, cool. incident mm-hmm. and – yeah, I think, yeah. you know, if you find us at Open Run, then from there, you can follow all sorts of funny little rabbit holes. But uh, thanks so much for having me on. This was re- a real treat. Super dope, man. Let's do it. Let's do it again soon, man. Absolutely. I'd love to. And, uh, you know, let's just hope. I still want the Raptors to win, but I really mostly just want Kevin Durant to stay Kevin Durant. Yes, I agree 100%. I want KD to be uh, stay KD, and we want to, but I do want to see how Kawhi reacts to a championship. <laughs> uh, look, now I'll be thinking of you when they cut to him. If, <laughs> if, I don't want to be presumptuous, but if they cut to him, and oh man, he should just like be. I hope he's been like rehearsing the, the laugh he did at that one media appearance. Oh, so he can my just God. grab the mic. A lot of people use that as drops on their podcast. It's genius. It's yeah. It's, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, so it's a. <laughs> So it's a win-win for us. You know, we get to see Kawhi's reaction, or we get to see this the heart of a champion with the Warriors just fighting through adversity. I guess it's a win-win. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that for now. But I, I just can't – I don't think I can watch them win again. If KD did a Willis Reed thing somehow, which he tried, you know, then I could try to get behind that. But just seeing the – I think he already did No, I know did he that. did. Oh, I don't yeah. – yeah, I know he did. I know he did. Yeah. I know he did. Yeah. No, there's no – yeah, they'd have to just – no, we can't even think about it. And he actually scored more in that one quarter than uh, Willis did. The oh, yeah. That, That's the crazy yeah, that part. That was nuts. He was three of three yeah. from three. 11 points in 10 minutes or something. Stefan, this, 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 this might have been a sweep with KD. I'm not even going to. That's my opinion. Sweep or five if he was a healthy KD. Sweep, man. Well, they, they just did a sweep in the finals. Yeah, because. Yeah, I think it would be five to make it fair. It would be five. I mean, the Raptors, are, the Raptors are a strong team. They are, but Katie just changes everything. She, on defense, too. They miss him a lot on defense. They miss him oh, a lot. I know. And also, these games have been yeah. so close. That you, yeah, you add true. KD to the mix. Yeah. The one game you add him in, they win. Exactly. I mean, and he, he was only in exactly. for less than a quarter. And, he's like, and he's like, he was like 60% while he was playing. God. You know, It's crazy. All right, let's do this again soon. Absolutely. You left me with even more to think about right now. Uh, (laughs) More soon. Take care, man. Talk soon, Stefan. There it is. Episode 71 is in the books. Big shouts to Stefan for joining in. We appreciate you. Be on the lookout for episode 72. Combo out.